O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, November 6th. Shabbat Shalom. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10, 17, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Toldot, and it means generations. Genesis 28, 5-9 Then Isaac sent Jacob off, and he went to Padam Aran to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, mother of Jacob and Esau. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him off to Padan Aram to take a wife from there, charging him as he blessed him, You shall not take a wife from among the Canaanite women. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Padan Aram. Esau realized that the Canaanite women displeased his father Isaac. So Esau went to Ishmael and took to wife, in addition to the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, son of Abraham, sister of Nebaioth. Ezekiel 14.12-16.41 The word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, if a land were to sin against me and commit a trespass, And I stretched out my hand against it, and broke its staff of bread, and sent famine against it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, should be in it, they would by their own righteousness save only themselves, declares Hashem. Or if I were to send wild beasts to roam the land, and they depopulated it, and it became a desolation with none passing through it because of the beasts, As I live, declares Hashem, those three men in it would save neither sons nor daughters. They alone would be saved. 
but the land would become a desolation. Or, if I were to bring the sword upon that land and say, Let a sword sweep through the land, so that I may cut off from it man and beast. If those three men should be in it as I live, declares Hashem, they would save neither sons nor daughters, but they alone would be saved. Or if I let loose a pestilence against that land and poured out my fury upon it in blood, cutting off from it man and beast, should Noah, Daniel, and Job be in it as I live, declares Hashem, they would save neither son nor daughter, they would save themselves alone by their righteousness. Assuredly, thus said Hashem, how much less should any escape now that I have let loose against Jerusalem all four of my terrible punishments, the sword, the famine, wild beasts, and pestilence, to cut off man and beast from it. Yet there are survivors left of it, sons and daughters who are being brought out. They are coming out to you, and when you see their ways, and their deeds, you will be consoled for the disaster that I brought on Jerusalem, for all that I brought on it. You will be consoled through them when you see their ways and their deeds, and realize that not without cause did I do all that I did in it, declares Hashem. The word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, how is the wood of the grapevine better than the wood of any branch to be found among the trees of the forest? Can wood be taken from it for use in any work? Can one take a peg from it to hang any vessel on? Now suppose it was thrown into the fire as fuel, and the fire consumed its two ends and its middle was charred. Is it good for any use? Even when it was whole, it could not be used for anything. How much less when fire has consumed it and it is charred? Can it still be used for anything? Assuredly, thus said Hashem, like the wood of the grapevine among the trees of the forest which I have designated to be fuel for fire, so will I treat the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I will set my face against them. They escaped from fire, but fire shall consume them. When I set my face against them, you shall know that I am Hashem. I will make the land a desolation because they committed trespass, declares Hashem. The word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, proclaim Jerusalem's abominations to her, and say, Thus said Hashem to Jerusalem, By origin and birth you are the land, from the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite, and your mother a Hittite. As for your birth, when you were born your navel cord was not cut, and you were not bathed in water to smooth you. You were not rubbed with salt, nor were you swaddled. No one pitied you enough to do any one of these things for you out of compassion for you. On the day you were born, you were left lying rejected in the open field. When I passed by you and saw you wallowing in your own blood, I said to you, Live in spite of your blood. Yes, I said to you, Live in spite of your blood. I let you grow like the plants of the field, and you continue to grow up until you attained to womanhood, until your breasts became firm and your hair sprouted. You were still naked and bare. 
when I passed by you again and saw that your time for love had arrived. So I spread my robe over you and covered your nakedness, and I entered into a covenant with you by oath, declares Hashem. Thus, you became mine. I bathed you in water and washed the blood off you and anointed you with oil. I clothed you with embroidered garments and gave you sandals of dolphin leather to wear and wound fine linen about your head and dressed you in silks. I decked you out in finery and put bracelets on your arms and a chain around your neck. I put a ring in your nose and earrings in your ears and a splendid crown on your head. You adorned yourself with gold and silver and your apparel was of fine linen, silk, and embroidery. Your food was choice flour, honey, and oil. You grew more and more beautiful and became fit for royalty. Your beauty won you fame among the nations, for it was perfected through the splendor which I set upon you, declares Hashem. But confident in your beauty and fame, you played the harlot. You lavished your favors on every passerby. They were his. You even took some of your clothes and made yourself tapestried platforms and fornicated on them, not in the future, not in time to come. You took your beautiful things made of the gold and silver that I have given you, and you made yourself phallic images and fornicated with them. You took your embroidered cloths to cover them, and you set my oil and my incense before them. The food that I had given you, the choice flour, the oil, and the honey which I had provided for you to eat, you set it before them for a pleasing odor. And so it went, declares Hashem. You even took the sons and daughters that you bore to me and sacrificed them to those images as food, as if your harlotries were not enough. You slaughtered my children and presented them as offerings to them. In all your abominations and harlotries you did not remember the days of your youth, when you were naked and bare and lay wallowing in your blood. After all your wickedness, woe, woe to you, declares Hashem. You built yourself an eminence and made yourself a mound in every square. You built your mound at every crossroad, and you sullied your beauty and spread your legs to every passerby, and you multiplied your harlotries. You played the whore with your neighbors, the lustful Egyptians. You multiplied your harlotries to anger me. Now I will stretch out my arm against you and withhold your maintenance, and I will surrender you to the will of your enemies, the Philistine women, who are shocked by your lewd behavior. In your insatiable lust, you also played the whore with the Assyrians. You played the whore with them but were still unsated. You multiplied your harlotries with Chaldea, that land of traitors. Yet even with this you were not satisfied. How sick was your heart, declares Hashem, when you did all those things, the acts of a self-willed whore, building your eminence at every crossroad and setting your mound in every square. Yet you were not like a prostitute, for you spurned fees. You were like the adulterous wife who welcomes strangers instead of her husband. Gifts are made to all prostitutes, but you made gifts to all your lovers, and bribed them to come to you from every quarter 
for your harlotries. You were the opposite of other women. You solicited instead of being solicited. You paid fees instead of being paid fees. Thus, you were just the opposite. Now, O harlot, hear the word of Hashem. Thus said Hashem, because of your brazen effrontery, offering your nakedness to your lovers for harlotry, just like the blood of your children which you gave to all your abominable fetishes, I will assuredly assemble all the lovers to whom you gave your favors, along with everybody you accepted and everybody you rejected. I will assemble them against you from every quarter, and I will expose your nakedness to them, and they shall see all your nakedness. I will inflict upon you the punishment of women who commit adultery and murder. I will direct bloody and impassioned fury against you. I will deliver you into their hands, and they shall tear down your eminence and level your mounds, and they shall strip you of your clothing and take away your dazzling jewels, leaving you naked and bare. Then they shall assemble a mob against you to pelt you with stones and pierce you with their swords. They shall put your houses to the flames and execute punishment upon you in the sight of many women. Thus I will put a stop to your harlotry, and you shall pay no more fees. Hebrews seven, eighteen to 28 For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the Torah made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by which we draw near to God. And inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest, For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said to him, The Lord swore and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Yeshua made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continues ever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he lives ever to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needs not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once, when he offered up himself. For the law makes men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, makes the Son, who is consecrated, forevermore. Psalm 106, 1-12 Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that does righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that you bear unto your people, 
O visit me with your salvation, that I may see the good of your chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers, we have committed iniquity, we have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not your wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of your mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths, as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies, there was not one of them left. Then believed they his words, they sang his praise. Proverbs 27, 4-6 Wrath is cruel, and anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I'd like to share with you today a very special article that was written from thetorahouse.com. It is the prayer theme of the month for the month of November. It was written by Hildegard, and this article is very relevant to what's going on in our world with this coronavirus pandemic, or should I say plandemic. And it takes a look at that whole situation through a biblical lens. It's very well done. So I'm going to just share the article. If you would like to see it for yourself or download a PDF version of it, you can go to thetorahouse.com and then click on Prayer Themes of the Month, Prayer Theme of the Month, and it'll be right there at the top of the page, Confrontation of Two Kingdoms. She begins with this scripture from Ecclesiastes 1 verses 9 and 10. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, Look, this is something new? It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. The entire word of Yahweh, the Bible, is a unity, and we discover patterns everywhere that repeat themselves, as just mentioned in Ecclesiastes. We discover in the scriptures a profound contrast between man-made solutions of salvation and the path of salvation taken by Yahweh. Let's start with the Tower of Babel as an example. Under the direction of Nimrod, the construction of Babel and its tower began. Josephus wrote, He, namely Nimrod, wanted, he said, to take revenge on God if he pressed the earth with another flood, and he wanted to build a tower so high that the flood could not exceed it. So he would retaliate for the downfall of his ancestors. The crowd willingly endorsed Nimrod's intentions, considering it cowardice to obey God. And so they set about building the tower, and the tower grew quickly in height. This tower-building project is seen as an attempt by mankind 
to have its own solution, if another flood should occur, and to be equal to God. Nimrod was a mighty hunter, in spite of Yahweh. Josephus went on to write, Gradually he, Nimrod, turned his behavior into tyranny, because he intended to turn people away from God all the more, if they stubbornly trusted their own strength. As we see here at Nimrod, our own man-made solutions have the characteristic of tyranny. We also see that all the people were united and eagerly worked on the solution devised by people, as it is written in Genesis 11.3. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And in Genesis 11.4, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. We hold that a man-made solution that everyone is working on is ultimately accompanied by tyranny. First of all, everyone is enthusiastic about the man-made solution and works on it together. But then this gives way to slavery. I'll explain this in more detail in a moment. We find the same structure or pattern of a man-made solution in the construction of the golden calf. Moses, who was the leader personifying security for the people of Israel, had been gone a long time. Because the people did not trust in Yahweh, they came up with their own solution, as it is written in Exodus 32.1. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. When the people believed that he who led them disappeared, they longed for other gods. Other gods are also described in 1 Kings 11.33. I will do this because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chemish, the god of the Moabites, and Molech the God of the Ammonites, and have not walked in obedience to me, nor done what is right in my eyes, nor kept my decrees and laws, as David, Solomon's father, did. By the way, the meaning of the name of the city of Babylon is derived from Akkadian Babe Elim, which means Gate of the Gods. In Genesis 11.9, it is written, Therefore is the name of it called Babel because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Babel, here in this verse, in Hebrew is Strong's H94, and it means confusion by mixing. Isn't it also the case today that in large part mankind no longer has any connection to the Elohim who created heaven and earth? and they do not know their mediator, Yeshua HaMashiach. Godless people stagger throughout the world and build a golden calf around which they can gather and which promises them security. They feel deeply insecure and take matters into their own hands. Instead of trusting in Yahweh, they do not know Him, or they once knew Him, but have fallen far away from Him. We remember the saying from Ecclesiastes 1.9, There is nothing new under the sun. 
Now the fear of the virus is great, and instead of trusting in Yahweh and relying on his protection and his solution, they are relying on the Babylonian system of vaccination. Almost everyone is building on this system and is willing to be vaccinated. But then the populations become enslaved and the compulsory vaccination laws are passed using lies and deceit. Again, this is nothing new under the sun and shows the man-made system, as in Babylon under Nimrod, as in Egypt under Pharaoh, and as in the nations under medical tyranny today. Let us go back to Egypt in the time of Pharaoh. In Exodus 1, 11 to 14, it is written, So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Pithom and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. First, labor overseers were appointed. Then the people were oppressed. And then the people of Israel were violently forced into hard labor. Do you see the increase in oppression today to the point of tyranny? First, there was a vaccination offer. Then, in certain countries, certain groups were forced until the whole population was forced. For example, in France, everyone who worked in the nursing profession had to get vaccinated, and now there is a bill that all citizens of France must be vaccinated. In some countries, there is formerly no general compulsory vaccination, but the restrictions for non-vaccinated people are so massive that they come very close to compulsory vaccination. The noose is tightening more and more. In Israel, there is now a group of experts who will visit the group of people of about 700,000 unvaccinated people in 12 cities to vaccinate them in a door-to-door campaign. The reason for building the tower was fear of the flood. The reason for building the golden calf was fear due to lack of a visible leader. The reason for willingness to be vaccinated or jabbed is fear of dying and being at the mercy of the virus instead of trusting Yahweh. There is now a rally around the golden calf. Many fall down before the vaccination god and say, these vaccinations have helped us and saved us from the virus. It says further in Exodus 32:35, And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron made. The Hebrew word for plagued is nagap, and it means to strike, to smite, to inflict with a plague or disease. There are now many side effects of the vaccinations, especially coming from booster shots. The third booster shot is now being administered in Israel. The Minister of Health in Israel removed thousands of personal reports from vaccinated people about vaccination side effects overnight on social media. You can view stories told from the people of Israel from the Testimonies Project if you go to Vax testimonies.org that's v-a-x vaxtestimonies.org and there's more information at this link 
COVID vaccine experiment causes monstrous spike in vaccine injuries and deaths, serious adverse events underreported by a factor of eight. The side effects range from allergic reactions, swollen lymph glands, heart problems, myocarditis, heart attacks, and reactions leading to death. The Israelis listed their full names under their reports. There are screenshots of them. What if the people in your own Ministry of Health go out of their way to hide and censor these facts? There is also fraud. The Israelis were promised the Green Pass if they were vaccinated twice. They received it initially but had to give it back, and they will not get it again until they have been boosted for the third time. Further personal information. Many girls in a school class have not had their menstrual period being vac- after being vaccinated. Older people are tested for antibodies here after the second vaccine and have none as if they had never been vaccinated. In the city of Oakville, Ontario, Canada, it has now been decided not to allow couples to marry unless both are fully vaccinated against COVID. Let us see how lies, deceit, coercion, and concealment are used here. It cannot come from our Elohim. Even if we didn't know about the many side effects of the vaccine, these machinations should be enough to expose the man-made system. The lie is everywhere. Germany's most prominent institution during the coronavirus pandemic, the Robert Koch Institute, has corrected the number of people actually vaccinated downwards. These false numbers have pushed the country to tougher measures against the unvaccinated. According to statements by the Trumpet on October the 14th, 3.5 million more people in Germany are vaccinated than what the official figures show. German vaccination rates are higher than reported, but why? The trumpet goes on to say that German medical doctor Bertram Hosler told Der Welt on August 30th that 80% of the COVID-19 deaths reported by the state-funded RKI did not die of COVID-19. Bild explains that since the beginning of the pandemic, the federal government has listened to the recommendations of the coronavirus policy of the RKI and relied on its numbers to enforce lockdowns, mask requirements, school and business closings, and many other restrictions. The coronavirus is just the beginning. Soon Europe will change radically due to its authoritarian response to the virus. Europe's vaccine passport is just a precursor to a fully digital ID system for every EU citizen said the military technology company Thales Group, a French company that develops technology for military personnel in Europe and around the world. So-called digital vaccination cards will play a key role in providing citizens with access to all types of services and serve as a precursor to the introduction of the mobile digital ID, said Thales. The EU plans to make these so-called digital wallets available as early as next year. All of the user's personal information will be available through a smartphone-based application. 
You'll be able to open bank accounts, access medical records, and government services, apply for loans, and sign real estate contracts. The EU can also integrate the digital euro currently under development for instant payments. With just a few lines of code, entire groups of people, such as those who have not been vaccinated, could be classified, tracked, and systematically excluded from society. Not just in their home country, but across Europe. But the speed with which the vaccination card was introduced shows that the EU's digital wallet could emerge very quickly and radically change Europe. And it all comes down to this. Revelation chapter 13, verse 15. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast, so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. Could the AI, that is artificial intelligence, that is now being developed, for instance, at Thales, be the image of the first beast, spoken of in Revelation 13.15. Is this the end game, where we are now headed? Will it be this AI entity that will have the power to kill those who refuse to take on the mark of the beast? As it is written in Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. Abba, we pray that we may use our authority given to us through the name and the power of Yeshua, our risen Messiah and soon coming King. Abba, we ask that you would give us the spirit of discernment to understand these things. And Abba, we pray that we will stand firm until the end. Sign up to receive the monthly prayer theme of the month from thetorahouse.com. Just go to the website, thetorahouse.com, and become a member. And once you become a member, you'll get on the mailing list and receive the prayer theme for the month by email. Blessings and shalom. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.